Hi folks, and welcome to D&D Major. I am Gina, and I will be your DM tonight. And I am joined by... Hey guys, I'm Allison. I am playing Farlina, the tiefling sorcerer. I'm Evan. I will be playing Valen, the high elf rogue. I am Gus. I will be playing Tybalt, the human druid. And I'm Victor, playing the half-elf cleric, Tamir. Fantastic. Let's get to it. The Magistrar's voice still rings high through the room as dozens of eyes turn towards the forms shadowed in the doorway. There, a tall figure slouches, flanked on either side by palace guards, and the chains on his manacles clink and clatter in an otherwise still room. The man is pushed roughly forward towards a single chair sat facing the watchful eyes of Gwyn's elite and nobility. They're staring. They're waiting. The man takes a step forward. Gus, I think it is time for you to introduce your character to everyone. Yeah, so I guess I guess he's in. We know he's in chains. Uh, would he be wearing anything separate, or would he be wearing what he was, you know, wearing when he found himself in this unfortunate situation? Because it's been like a week and a half, um, you've probably been given uh, temporary clothes during your imprisonment. Okay. So you're wearing very very basic clothing. Okay. Yeah, not okay. rags or anything like that, but yeah, yeah, just very simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, <laughs> you've seen better. better yeah, yeah. Days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not what he normally wears. Yeah, so um, yeah, Tybalt is a slightly older man. He has a pretty big bushy beard going on. He definitely was spending some time out in the wilderness before this uh, moment, and he has recently cut hair. But it looks like he cut his hair more with like a knife, you know, sort of like a uh, grooming out of necessity, as in as he was showing up in the big city. And uh, yeah, he's probably looking a little confused and, you know, bewildered by this um, ornate room and all these important people in it. Absolutely. Well, the Magistrar steps aside um, as the two palace guard on either side of you uh, sort of force you into the central seat on uh, your sort of solo side of the table. You find yourself looking across this large expanse at seven faces, uh, all in incredibly regal clothing, um, staring you down across the way. Uh, around the corners of the room are onlookers, and as you sit down, sort of trying to take in the appearance of everyone around you, one of the people across the way, one of the seven uh, sitting in the seats uh, that you see, clears his throat, and you can see him take out of his pocket a strange kind of a knife. It almost looks like a letter opener, like this teeny tiny little blade with grooves that go down the actual length of the blade, and he sets that on the table in front of him, uh, and he says, <clears throat> uh, well, uh, I think that before we get started, we need to make sure that this is an appropriate use of our time. We need to make sure that all of us are equally invested in the result of offering justice today. So we, as lords, must perform the right that we have been doing here in Gwyn for generation after generation. And you can see the man sitting in the center of the table, a man with long hair who's maybe not as regally adorned as the others, but certainly has the central seat and also who is flanked on either side uh, by guards. Kind of, maybe not stiffen, but but look put out by what is going on to, to his left. But the person talking at the table continues taking out the blade and sticking the sharp end into the table uh, so that the hilt races towards the sky and he looks to the left and right of him. 
as the other nobles at the table, except for the person sitting in the middle, similarly pull out identical blades and put them on the table in the same way. As one, they all grab the handles of the knives that they have in front of them, and it seems like the handles are sharp because it cuts into their hand as blood sort of trails down the blade and hits the table before them. As it does so, as all six of the, the knives leak blood onto the table, some sort of magic flashes. It's only for a moment. Um, it seems like maybe something built into the table itself acknowledges this offering, sacrifice. It's not quite clear, but after a moment, they pull the, the knives out and lay them in front of them, all sort of in a line across the table, and they all look towards you. After this has been done, and after the person in the center of the table has abstained from whatever this sort of ritual was, the Magister walks around so that she stands next to the line of nobles and faces you, Tybalt, and says, I would like to hear you speak. I would like to hear you tell your story. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, okay, uh, hey, uh, how, how can, how should I address these people? Just, just curious, I'm, I'm a little bit at disadvantage. Should I call you your highness, your, your might, mighty? You may address the lords and ladies of Gwyn as such. Ah, well, okay, uh, well, thank you, lords and ladies of Gwen. This is, this is all just a terrible, terrible misunderstanding, as I'm sure you will discover soon. If I may introduce myself, my name is, um, Tibble Ballo. I am a simple ranger up from Waxham. Um, living mostly, laying my head down mostly in the town of Faversham. Though, uh, truth be told, I'm in the woods more nights often than not. Uh, work as a ranger for the Waxen, Waxen government. Keep, keep watching the trees. Keep an eye on what's going up there with, what, with all the sinkholes and all the, uh, the rough ground. A lot of, a lot of caverns up there, you know? Yeah, you know? And he's trying to, like, desperately catch somebody's eye and, like... One of the people sat across the, the table from you, a younger woman, probably, like, 16, 17, leans forward on the table, crossing her arms, and looks across... If you're from Waxen, how are you here? Well, so that's a that's a wild story. So don't know if y'all heard heard about some of the uh, misadventures that happened a few years back, but my dear cousin Yui, uh, unfortunately, was involved in some of the mix-up between Gwen and Waxen. You know, but rest her soul, and she has a young daughter who uh, and a shit for brains father who. Uh, so you know, I've taken it on myself to help help with her education. Now, Waxen Rangers don't make as much money as we could. You know, we don't necessarily have as much gold in our homes as y'all have here. And trying to, again, get a little chuckle or try and get some sort of eye contact. <laughs> you get a chuckle, but it's got teeth behind it from um, one of the other uh, nobles sat across from you. And a well-dressed halfling uh, sort of leans to the side, appraising you. It says, just to be clear, uh, when you say all that between, like, that happened a few years ago. You're, you're referring to the attempt Waxen made to conquer Gwen, right? You're, you're referring to the war? Uh, yeah, the war. I mean, I'm just, I just, I live in the woods, you know, I, I wasn't in the military, you know, I have, I have a head for trees and a head for nature, so I wasn't quite as involved. You know, I apologize, apologize if I offended any of you fine people here. So your, uh, your family was in the war? Uh, just my cousin, just my cousin. And she didn't make it out of the war, so, you know, trying to raise, trying to raise a, my, my niece is really what I was getting at. And so to, to get a little extra money, I use, uh, some of my, you know, I use my, my knowledge to help guide some merchants through the woods. It's a little side business, you know, occasional tourists, mostly, uh, mostly merchants through these woods. 
And uh, normally they just want to be let off at the border, but, uh, you know, traveled with some fine folks this time around, had some uh, very, very nice-looking boxes, and, uh, yeah, traveled with them to the big city. Thought I, would, thought I would come here, spend a little time, you know, get the dust off my boots, and uh, see what there is to see. One of the women at the table who hasn't spoken yet turns to the magistrate and says, Do we have documentation of this man crossing the border? Did he do so legally? And the magistrate turns to you and says, I'd, li- I'd like to hear him say so. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, uh, know some of the customs folks, you know, there's, we share a forest. Goes, goes beyond borders, if you don't mind me saying. Well, that may be true. Crossing the waxing border has been a a trying thing in the past several years. You don't just walk through the woods to do it. Uh, and then there's kind of a murmur at the table, and like the person at the far end, uh, a kind of older man who looks fairly disinterested in this whole activity, just kind of says, "Do you? Can you? Does anyone know if you can do that?" And everyone kind of looks towards you. <laughs> well, uh, you you just head east, right? Where it's a exactly little, little did more you to cross? It. Uh, we crossed, we crossed, it's a little, near a little town, Wildhelm. Is that north or south of Tapston? Uh, north, I believe. Alright, we'll have to look into that, if what you say is true. So you escorted a bunch of people across the border with boxes. Where exactly did you leave them? Uh, yes ma'am, we, uh, left them at the gates of Tapston. They went off on their way and I went off on mine. Well, unfortunately we know that's not true, because you were caught in some of the subterranean tunnels near Tapston. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I study caverns and I spend a lot of time in caverns. It's, uh, truth be told, it's where I'm most comfortable. Direct, so direct after, sunlight scares me a little. So after dropping off your clients, you decided to take a jaunt below the surface of Gwyn to explore the subterranean taverns around our capital? Of course, there's some beautiful limestone formations down there. Some beautiful stalactites, stalagmites, and, you know, you excellent soil conditions. Great places for uh, all sorts of fungus. And and there's just like uh, yeah, and... quiet, not even nodding, just like all right, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm nodding by the yeah, door. Yeah, like, everybody's <laughs> just kind of nodding along, like sure. And, and I, mean, like, I mean, man, have you ever eaten a chanterelle? <laughs> Any hands of the forest? I'm not. I'm afraid I have not. Oh, oh, if, uh, if if y'all don't decide to execute me, I'll have to send you a gift box. That does get a chuckle, actually. <laughs> it <laughs> also sounds like a bribe. <laughs> Sound a bit like a bride. <laughs> <laughs> well, just look over the metro. If, if that's okay, of course, of course, uh, your your highness. Um, and and the person sitting in the middle of the table, uh, just kind of laughs softly and and clears his throat. He looks like he's about to say something and then just shakes it off and turns towards the the magister who um, continues to speak. How exactly did you find those tunnels? A uh, bit of a bit of a sixth sense, if you. Uh... I wouldn't say it's a magical magical ability, like some of the folks up there, but uh, some of the folks, some of the fine folks I've heard of, heard about from the roost. But uh, it's a bit a bit of exploring, you know. It's it's unfortunately I put my nose in some places. Uh, in the waxing in the waxing woods, it's no problem. But uh, I guess I offended some of you fine folks here. And some of the humor drops off of the the magister's face, and she walks towards you and sort of leans her hip against the table. You and I both know that you didn't offend. This is a happy day, a jovial day, a holiday. But let that not take away from the gravity of the situation. You stand here today accused of attempted murder on the Regent of Gwyn, the ruler of the country. 
you and your late companion were caught at the scene of the crime, and the only reason that he could not be here today is because he fled like a coward. Mm, I saw him run off. I'm I'm sorry. It was it was very dark. It's you know I'm in the cavern. It's it's I assume there was a lot more traffic down there. You know it's it's most of the folks I hang out with are pretty interested in caverns, so I assume there'd just be more people down there. And she kind of like smiles to herself and looks towards you. You expected there to be more people in a walled-off cavern deep below the surface of, I reiterate, our capital, and you were found there moments after an attempt was made on the regent's life, after a massive explosion rocked the foundation of our city. You were discovered at the scene of the crime. And you say that your companions were uh, transporting boxes to this location. Can you speak to what was in those boxes? Uh, I mean, you can talk to those custom folks. They they said they were just transporting some goods. They were mighty heavy, let me tell you. So I think I think we opened we opened one, and there was there were some metal ingots in one of them. I think I think they were doing some some kind of gold or something. So you think they were smuggling or transporting gold? I don't want to. I don't want to say anything negative about my clients, but, you know, you might have noticed they took the long route through the woods. Maybe, maybe this is all just a misunderstanding, you know? Maybe they're, they're a bit more of the garden variety criminal as opposed to these, these terrible folks you, you telling me about. And, uh, the, as you're saying this, the Magistrar sort of gestures towards one of the palace guard near the, the doors to this room. And they briefly exit before coming back in with your effects. These are the clothes you're wearing, um, that day along with your equipment and they lay down on the table um not only your belongings Uh but also your collections of like plants and mushrooms Uh and everything that you had on your person so what would you have had on your person that day uh yeah just some odds and ends like just little trinkets um some basic spell casting materials um a long wind staff like a big hiking stick Mm -hmm. basically um my clothes which are you know pretty Pretty worn, but, you know, high quality. Mm-hmm. Leather, or like oiled leather jacket. Um, you know, a pretty pretty sturdy leather inner shirt. Mm-hmm. Something like studded armor, let's say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and then not too much else. Maybe maybe a couple hundred gold in the pouch mm-hmm. um, that I got from escorting these these people. Okay. And um, would they have taken the ring that I was wearing? Um, I don't think they would have because it looks like plain unadorned metal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I explained it as, you know, my... Oh, this was uh, this was my ex-wife. You know, it's hurts to have it on me, but I just gotta keep it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, they sort of lay out your belongings, and they um, and she pushes forward your spellcasting components, uh-huh. and some of the magically inclined folk in the room lean uh-huh. forward curiously. Magister looks at you. It seems like you have some experience in the ways of magic. Uh-huh. Can you tell me a bit about your craft? Uh, yes, yes, I can, your, can, your Highness. It's uh, mostly interested. And, and some of the nobles at the, uh, nobles at the table just start cackling. They're just like they are so delighted by this. Uh, this trial we've had in years. <laughs> Good entertainment. Um, well, well, yes, I can. It's uh, as I said, I work as a ranger, so mostly interested in plant growth. If, if you don't mind, can I can I demonstrate some of the? Uh, of course. Uh, and then I, I guess uh, is, is druidcraft a what are they? What is required to cast it? 
I don't think you need anything for Druid Craft. Uh, verbal and semantic, okay. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I kind of wiggle my hands in the, the chains and, you know, whisper an incantation. A little patch of grass appears in the ground in front of me. <laughs> okay, people don't like that. Beat. Yeah, people do not like that. And as a, as soon as, like, the, the whisper of magic happens, one, a strange, like pulse comes from the table itself as an alert seems almost like an alarm and the two palace guards uh from the door are on you they grab sort of your your arm and uh like the, the scruff of oh, your yeah your and shirt. Like, maybe like silence me from keeping me from doing anything yeah. else yeah mm, oh, oh, i'm sorry 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 i try and scream the magister holds her hand up and lowers it um very slowly and they they remove their hands uh, from your mouth, but one of them keeps uh, their their arm sort of on the the sleeve of your shirt. Oh gosh, I do do apologize, do apologize. I, I should I should be sorry. I'm just I'm I'm a little scared by your lords and highnesses over there. I said, so. explain your magic. Uh yeah yes. Well, I was trying to trying to conjure up a little little bit of grass, but uh, I help I help the trees grow a little bit better. Help the help the farms be a little more fertile. You know, it's it's a lot of. A lot of return of magic back to the earth and helping things grow. As you say this, you see the man sat at the center of the table, the regent, turn towards one of the attendees along the wall. The person he turns to is the mistress of the roost, the woman that introduced the autonomous arm during the presentation earlier in the night. The woman hums an acknowledgement before saying, It sounds like druidic magic. We've got some druids employed in the labs at the roost. Uh, well... I'm sure. I'm sure they're all up to all sorts of several levels above me. You know, I'm just a. I'm just a bit of a hedge hedge druid. You know, help the trees grow, help the soils uh, process. You know, help the help the dead things move on and help help the forest grow. And you know, try and try and be really earnest. And I mean, he's he's into this. This is. This I is mean, serious. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the magister just shakes her head at this entire like topic of conversation. Says, "Okay, well." We will return to this in a moment. Let's get back to the, the beginning of your story. How exactly were you contacted by the individuals you escorted across the border? Well, my, uh, my, my moonlighting as a guide is kind of well known throughout Bits of Waxen. So, you know, co-worker met these fine folks at a pub one day and, you know, met them, had a couple of beers, seemed like they were up to the trek. Pretty hardy folks, come to think of it. You know, they, uh, they did the overland trek for a couple of weeks with me, which, uh, most of you folks would have a bit of difficulty with. It's, it's rough out there in the woods. Sorry, ma'am. Sorry, your just, highness. Just flat, just flat looks. Just like they're, they're, just, they're, just, waiting. they're just waiting. Just, yeah. yeah, you're just they're just waiting for you to do something. Um, you spent weeks of your time with them, and you didn't overhear anything about who they are. Give us their names, their professions. Uh, well, there there was Lou and Bram. Um, that was those were two of them. And, uh, yeah, they had one of those big, heavy boxes each. Um, you know, they, uh, had a little cart to help with, help with them. And, uh, beyond that, you know, just would, uh, yeah, mostly scout ahead, watch out for wolves, you know, and all sorts of just basic guide and stuff. You know, you try not to get too attached to folks. You know, we'd share, we'd share a little bit of, a little bit of the, a little bit of brandy every now and again. Helps your guts, you know, if you ever, if you ever get the, the trots. A little bit of brandy, just... <laughs> I'm not sure the magister knows what, exactly what to do at this moment. And in response to that, um, she sort of turns towards the, the others at the table, gesturing to see if any of them have any questions. And after some thought, the older man on the, the far end of the table leans forward and says, 
So you're a, a waxen mage, correct? Uh, well, yeah, I am, of course, registered with the department, but, you know, they did their evaluations on me and, you know, couldn't quite find a use for me in the war. Um, you know, better off back at home helping the plants grow. So you've been in the waxen military? Uh, well, technically, yeah, as a ranger, I am active waxen military, which I'm sure is the wrong thing to say right here and might, in fact, get me killed <laughs> on the spot, given the uh, atmosphere in the room right now. But yes, I, you know, again, it's they, they come for everybody, you know. When you turn 18, they come, they give you the tests, and either you get sent off or trained. And, you know, in my case, it was lucky. I just had a knack for things that now we're a little closer to home. The man turns towards the rest of the table and says, Look, if he was part of the party that did this, he's guilty. If he's not going to give us anything that can help us find the rest of his companions, then I see no reason to keep him around. Do you have anything that you could tell us? Anything at all? Any fact, something to save your innocence, to show us that you're willing to cooperate. Of course, of course, I'll give you whatever you want. I mean, I can give you the name of the folks who, uh, give you the name of my coworker that introduced me back in Waxen. That'd be fantastic. Did they have any identifying clothing that set them apart from others in Waxen? Did they have any, I, like, did they have any code words? Anything? Um, Anything at all? Come on! Yeah, but, uh, sorry, sorry, sir. I believe they came from the south, uh, south of Waxen. Uh... I think one of them, well, they, they were both obviously ex-military, as, you know, one might say. But, you know, that's that's not really a unique thing in Waxen. Kind of, most most folks are. Uh, I believe they both had Waxen, Waxen cloaks, Waxen military cloaks, but they, they patched them up a little. It's, you know, it's the way you stand out. You gotta, you gotta keep your individuality, you know? Uh, what else, what else? Um, I think, I think they were talking about where they would go next. I think... Uh, what's that? What's that place with the? Uh, what's that place deep down south? Valence, Valen, Valenthor, Viltfer. Viltfer. That's it. They kept talking about it constantly. Like that. That was their dream to go sell wares down there. I think they had some kind of special metal that they were gonna try and sell them. And as you're saying that, all of the nobility sort of group together and seem to begin conversing under their breath. That seemed to pique their interest, and they're sort of no longer paying you as much attention. They're all sort of talking with one another. For the first time, most of their eyes are off you, um, and the Magister sort of circles around the table, not, like, moving away nor joining the conversation with the nobles, but just sort of browsing back and forth to see if she hears anything that she needs to act on. Quickly turning away from that to the others <laughs> in the room. How are you folks doing? Um... Uh, Farlina's just been sort of sitting quietly and taking all of this in, um, <laughs> trying to sit as nobly and collected collectively as possible, mm-hmm. um, and sort of looking around to see what others in the sort of, I guess, this, like, jury, not jury, but, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, I guess congregation are doing as well, um. How many people of the con- like within the congregation are? Did you say? Or- um, in a, in addition to the the seven at the table, there's probably like twenty three people in here. Um, okay. And well, no, there's twenty three just people in the congregation uh, congregation slash jury, and then there's a few of the guards who okay. I'm counting separately because they've been moving sort of in and out of the room. Okay. And there's also the the two guards behind the regent. Okay. Okay. What about um, you? Valen's probably just been watching all the nobles, seeing how they react, and then watching Westrich as well. But then laughing at <laughs> the funny proceedings. So. Okay. Enjoying Absolutely. it. Yeah. yeah. I would say Farlene's been fairly amused by this, too. Yeah. Um, but also trying to, like, 
like stifle like her giggles to not draw attention to herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tamir? Uh, I was on the brink of jumping in to do something until he tried to cast. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's no longer a good idea. <laughs> so I'm dejected and trying to come up with a new plan. All right. Um, I was going to ask how how far west from the border am i from you're probably about four days travel unless you're you're going quickly on like horseback Mm -hmm. um so yeah about four days travel it's not very far yeah no tapston is closer to uh waxen than it is to gauntler it's not dead center no sorry my home place from the Waxen Gwen border. Oh God. Um, yeah. sorry. Uh, you're probably like a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to see what the nobles have to say first. Okay. After a, a moment of conversing, everybody sort of moves back to their seats and sits still. And for the first time, the regent sort of locks eyes with you, Tybalt. And seems to just be appraising you. Up to this point, you've actually noticed that the regent has been looking around the room for the most part, and even side to side at the the people at the table, but for the most part has not really been giving you as much attention as everyone else has. And he just seems to stare for a moment. Dibble just, yeah, can't even match it, just immediately like looks down and, you know, acts a little frightened. And he nods and he says, I'd actually like to see your magic. Uh, well, of course. Not just druid craft. Show me what it is that got you hired by these people. Uh, well, my, my scouting skills or my ranging skills or the magic I do is for the the park the park service. We help we help turn over soils and you know help help uh, get farmlands a little more fertile. If y'all have a patch of garden you want me to take a look at, <laughs> I can guarantee some pretty good rose blooms for next year. And he smiles a genuine smile at you. Oh, and he's like, goodness. we actually do have several gardens on the premise. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Yes. It seems to me that you are claiming to be unlucky. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I probably put myself in a bad situation associated with some people like that. So, you know, you could certainly keep me, uh, certainly try me for that. But for the, the treason and the killing the regent, sir, I, I can't imagine killing, killing, killing the head of a big city like this. Seems like a terrible idea. Me, by the by. Yes, sir. I, yes, yes sir. I, under, I understand, sir. And everybody kind of goes quiet at yeah, that. Yeah, and again, just head down like even more. Tell me about your cousin. Well, uh, she was great. You know, it's uh, we mostly mostly all grew up in a little clan near each other. Uh, play by the play by the river as kids. You know, spent a lot of time floating sticks up and down. You know, she was uh, she was a great cook. You know, we would. Uh, Go hunting, get some get some deer. She knew how to roast it right up with some some garlic. And, mm, lovely. I miss. And he kind of kind of actually tears up at this. And God, God damn, I miss her. You know, she was then. She believed in waxing, and you know, I just I I couldn't see it. She she believed in it, and she went off, and you know, we just never saw her again. They they didn't tell us what happened. Just you know, she wasn't coming back home. I'm terribly sorry for your loss. Thanks. A lot of very good people were lost in the final push. It sounds like if those assholes had been successful, then, you know, some mighty fine people like yourself would have been lost, too. If you were to return to Waxen, what would you do? And at that, a lot of, like, the rest of the people at the table just kind of start, like, looking askance like that. This, that's not really an option, but he's just looking straight at you. Uh, well, well, sir, I'd, uh, go home, 
find my, find my niece Tala and give her a big old hug. She's back there waiting for me. I was going to give the gold on the table there to her, help her uh, do a little more book learning and reading, be a little more literate than her poor uncle. At that, I want you to roll for everything you've said. A deception check. Right. Oh, it's it's, a good thing I didn't do my thing. (laughs) Oh, it's so good I didn't do my thing. It's fun because I actually rolled a low charisma character. Oh, God. God. Nine. Nope. Oh, no. And he, his face doesn't change. He's just been giving you the same look throughout his entire appraisal. But with a sinking feeling in your stomach, you start to realize that maybe he's not buying it. He just gives you this slow, sinking look. It's angrier and anger without his face actually changing. It's just like, it, it somehow you feel the reaction to it. Um, in the same way that you couldn't quite meet his eyes before, now even looking away, you can sort of feel his gaze on you. And you're starting to get a very uncomfortable feeling that everyone in this room might have your number. Uh, I guess I'm actually, yeah, I sort of meet his, ga- meet his gaze now. Okay. Do you want to tell us the whole story? It's a good story you've told. I think a lot of it's probably true, but we don't leave this room until well, we know everything. Well, I told you, told you most of it. Then tell us the rest of it. I mean, uh, I, I did lie a bit when I said that you were, we didn't know what happened with you at. You know, I think it was, uh, it was actually you that was killed her. I think it was, uh, something, I think you're the one responsible, so, you know, I've been trying hard to, uh, keep composure, but it's kind of hard sitting in a room with a man that, uh, killed, killed my beloved cousin. It's kind of hard sitting in a room with a man who tried to kill me. Tough situation, for sure. It's a tough situation. Maybe, maybe be the better man and, uh, end the bloodshed here, you know? I can do that, if you help me find your companions. Well, I did, I did tell you they were uh, constantly talking about, what was it, Vil- Vilfer? Velfer? So it you're was... saying you think they actually headed to Veldfer, that's true? A hundred percent, sir. And he sort of nods towards somebody standing uh, near the door behind you, and not one of the palace guards, but just somebody in normal clothing sitting um, like right next to the, the door stands up and heads out back into the, the castle as a whole. He looks back at you. Okay, I'd like to know the name. The group you work with? Uh, the, well, the group they work with, you mean? You know, they they did call themselves something. They did talk about ledgers a lot. Something something about books, you know. I thought I thought it was just accountancies. Maybe maybe something to do with the blood ledger. The magistrar walks forward, a gleam in her eye as she finally has a lead to really sink her teeth into. But as she rounds the corner of the table, the ground beneath your feet lurches. If you've ever been in an earthquake, you know the strange, almost liquid feeling of the ground sloshing back and forth with the tremors. The ground shakes and swells once, and then again and again. You feel people grab onto one another, onto the walls as a wave of energy sends you cascading to the ground. You plant your hands beneath you, trying to find your feet when the world rocks again, throwing you to the side. Tibble, your chair falls sideways and you are pinned to the ground, hands chained behind you. And then suddenly, like sand dissolving beneath you, the ground falls away. You fall through the floor, pieces of the room raining around you, and after a 
three or four second fall, you slam into something hard. You see and feel large chunks of debris hit the ground beside you and you roll to the side. Tamir, you feel a rock hit your shoulder and it hurts. You brace yourselves trying to get your bearings when suddenly the ground shakes again and again and again. And in a breathless moment, the second floor collapses beneath you as well. And you're falling, falling into the dark. You feel a strange lurch behind your ribs and in your gut as a blinding wall of static burns through your mind. And as you dart your eyes, trying to see and hear past the horrible, shrill buzzing, you slam into the floor. Chunks of rock rain down next to you, and behind you, you can feel parts of the entire building above you has crumbled into the space that you now occupy. I would like all of you to take, uh, basically roll um, 2d6 right now. Do you need to know what the numbers are? Um, I just want you to take that as um, both fall and debris damage. Um, okay. And you find yourself flat on the ground. Is Tybalt nearby to where I fell? Um, make an investigation check. Um, also, uh, who has dark vision? Because you are in the dark. Tamir does. Uh, Farlina does. Elves should. Yeah, so really, Tybalt, you're the Every, only one that's in, that's in true dark right now. Five, uh, eight. <laughs> okay, um, that makes sense because looking around you, you're you're in a really strange place. It doesn't quite match with the experience you just had falling through the floor and then falling through the floor again. You're looking around and you're in a like a large hallway, probably about fifteen feet across and maybe about actually about 15 feet tall as well. Uh, you can see sort of a hole in the, the ceiling of this, this area where debris is still falling, but 15 feet is not the distance that you fell that second time. You fell for much longer. Um, so looking around, you're, you're disoriented and a little confused about the space in which you find yourself. You also see behind you that the floor from above, um, as well as basically the entirety of that room, parts of the, the table, um, everything is piled, almost blocking part of this hallway off. And as you're looking towards it, you see that some of the people from that room have been caught in this fall. There appear to be figures crushed under the rubble. Um, what is the situation with Tibbles and his chair? Did the chair make it down and he's just I was getting at. chained? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Tibble, mm-hmm. you find yourself, as you're sort of blinking yourself back from this the days of the experience you just went through, with your face pressed to the ground, uh, you're not in the chair anymore. It got messed up on the way down, uh, but your hands are still chained behind your back um, and you're just lying face down on the floor. Luckily, you've managed to avoid a lot of the, the falling rubble. And you four, as well as a few others, do find yourselves um, sort of on one side of this wall of rubble that that partially blocks the, the hallway. Yeah, you're, you're face down on the floor, sort of in a corner behind some rocks, so you haven't been noticed, and also everybody's not really paying attention to that at this exact moment. Uh, yeah, so two things. So one, I'm going to try and warm warm my uh, arms under my legs just so I can have my hands in front of me. Okay. And then two, while I'm doing this, I'm going to try and cast some fruit craft, okay. where I'll get some um, fluorescent mushrooms, or mm. sort of uh, <laughs> sort of like, or well, I guess it'd be algae. Is there like a body of water somewhere? There's not in this hallway. Yeah. Um, you could try pulling like water from the... 
there, I guess. I don't mm. think algae will do that. <laughs> yeah, no, there. that that won't really. Yeah, yeah. I was, it's, yeah, some kind of bioluminescent, but I don't know. In, is that a thing in the world where I could get a little mushroom with a little bit of a little bit of glow going? <laughs> I think this is something you've probably done before, especially while guiding people through caves. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, this is not going to produce a lot of light. Yeah. This is producing like dim, dim, dim light mm. in a very small area, but yeah. like wow. it's enough to to um, light up the the area around your. Yeah, like cool, and, and yeah, I cast it a couple of feet away, just so I sort of see what's around me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to reach into the bag of holding um, and pull out a torch okay. that has, like, a little aperture on the top. I'm going to open it up, and flames are coming out now. Okay. And I'm just going to plant it in the ground. All right. <laughs> I'm also going to cast Produce Flame on one of my hands, and I want, or I guess, like, on my left hand, and I'm going to go over and inspect the rubble and see if there's anybody like alive sticking out there that i was headed to yeah help pull someone out absolutely you move over to the rubble you see on your side the magistrar um who had been moving towards you tybalt at the time and basically fell in exactly the same trajectory that you did she seems very injured um she's fallen and there's rubble sort of sitting across her chest and um on one of her legs and she's not moving she seems to be breathing but otherwise there she's not making any attempt to free herself uh as you move towards the large pile of rubble that fills up this this chamber you can hear noise from the other side there do seem to be some people moving on the other side and crushed underneath some of the, the rubble trying to, to pull themselves free are one of the nobles from like one of the major noble houses. This is the, the young Opreed uh, girl. She's the, the 16 year old who is sitting at the table. She seems to have gotten one of her legs caught. Although she doesn't seem to be like in a ton of pain, it just more seems like her leg is caught and she's trying to free it. Mm. More pressingly though, mm. uh, you see one other figure who's mm not looking as good and your heart sinks as you see the partially crushed form of the regent himself he's moving but he looks very hurt at least one of his um feet and one of his arms are caught under rubble and he's trying to fight his way through it but yeah he's over there as I'm running over there, can I see who, other than the four of us and the people stuck in the rubble, mm-hmm. who else is on our side? Can I see that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there are uh, two others um, who are sort of in the process of trying to pick themselves up, but they're people you don't recognize. Okay. They're two others from the, the walls of the room. The gallery. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I... you've not met these people, so. Did I? See the regent and the rebel? <laughs> uh, probably, if you lit your torch yeah. and turn towards them. Yeah. Uh, I'm heading uh, there. I am going to cast Life Transference <laughs> on him. Okay. And take a bunch of damage. Um, I think so. as he sees you uh, beginning... What, what components does that spell have? Mm-hmm. Visual and somatic. Okay. Vocal. Vocal, vocal and somatic. <laughs> okay, so as you begin to mutter the incantation for that spell, you see him him look up kind of wide-eyed and like with his one free hand start waving you off, saying, Don't, don't do it, don't just help me out of here. Please help me out. Uh and his teeth are gritted as like there's there's blood and scratches across his face, and he's just looking up at you okay. like, do not so Alright. Tybalt, I imagine Tybalt can hear that. Yeah. Uh he immediately makes a beeline over and uh 
or you know, as as much as he can, has he have has he been able to get his arms <laughs> in front of him? Manacled, man. You're manacled. Um, oh, so no, no crawling. I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. You Tibbles can... is very, very. Uh... Okay, so you he's, begin. He's crushing a... or something. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm gonna go over the crowbar. Okay. And try and prime up. Absolutely. Um, go ahead. Okay, so this is two things resolving at once. Yeah. Although since you're crawling across, yeah, yeah, I think people are probably gonna like that's gonna take some time. So go ahead and do that. Make an athletics check. I get advantage from crowbar for prying stuff. Cool. Which is go great because my strength is eight. <laughs> I'm glad Woo! you get advantage. Yeah. Uh, minus one, so seventeen. Good. You know what? Whoa. That's great. Nice. Um, you run over there and begin trying to pry um the the rubble off of him. He's he makes like a a choked screaming noise as the weight is lifted off of his foot. But he's also as much as he humanly can in this uh, the the state he's in is trying to to help you get this off of him. Um, and you manage to free his foot. Um, Maybe Farlina comes and drags him out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm holding it up. I'll come yeah. in and I'll extinguish my produced flame and I'll start. I'll try and pull him out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or you, like help him up and pull him out. Yeah. You do so, and and he gasping, uh, sort of as you pull him free, he rolls over and and just backs himself up against whatever rubble is available, just panting and breathing as hard as he can. You can see that his his foot is in a bad state. It's like uh, wrecked. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really messed up. His hand is, is, is doing better. It seems like there's definitely, like it's bloody and torn and it looks like maybe he broke like a finger, but it's, he's moving it. You can see him sort of rotating his wrist and trying to assess the damage, but his face is just shock white and he's looking down at his his foot and like as shock is kind of setting in a little bit are you okay sir just breathe i uh, oh uh, are, do you need any healing i can't i can't do that but i uh can, can i approach him or is he like skittish rat gonna keep scrabbling away you just <laughs> pried him out so i think you can probably approach I, him I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna put a hand on his shoulder and say you need me to do this <laughs> and i think <laughs> While he lets you approach, he's also like because shock is setting in, he's no longer responding as as well as he should. So he doesn't respond to that. Where is uh, Tybalt? Um, yeah, yeah, go to him. Yeah, let's resolve that. So you are crawling your way towards him. Are you trying to free your arms or legs, or are you just like making your way? I was I was trying to get my arms under my legs and at least at least get that. But oh, like honest, honestly, like he's possessed enough at this point that charging, doing whatever he can. Yeah like lining up for a headbutt if possible. <laughs> no, it makes sense. So as yeah. you sort of put your hand to mirror on the regent's shoulder, you hear behind you the scrambling, crawling, desperate sound as Tybalt drags himself towards the regent. Everybody else in the, the room sees this happen. Does anyone respond to this or are you just gonna- Is, he, is he angrily doing it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh he's, yeah. He's pissed. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll look at you and be like, don't sign your death warrant. What, what? Asshole deserves to die. Many e everything I said up there was true. Many people do, but you'll kill yourself. Hey, kindly fuck off. This is between me and the mass murderer standing at your feet. Uh, I'm gonna stop him squirming towards him. Motherfucker! Let, Chill. let me, let me, calm. Let me go. Calm. Whoa. Uh, and Whoa. I'm going to. <laughs> How close is the region? Probably about 20 feet away from you at this point. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to explain sort of what happened as you felt, which is that because you hit a second like area and then fell again, yeah, you all yeah. sort of got like like scattered to mm -hmm. to different like sides. That's why you all ended up kind of farther apart than you were up above. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna step because I think Tamir is standing with 
with the region right now, I'm sort of going to stand in front of them too, just to be like, and sort of put my hands up. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I'll I'll light both of them up as well as okay. with produce flames. Valen, do you have like your hands on Tybalt? Are you like holding on to him to stop him from? Yeah, I've okay. like pressed. Okay. All right, I am actually going to cast a cantrip. Okay. Chill touch. Sort of just the rage, the rage in Tybalt's eyes sort of crystallizes um, as he mutters an incantation and a uh, skeletal hand emerges and flies towards the regent. Okay, so you have to make a ranged yeah, attack. Yeah. And, and I am lying down, so like... You're both lying down and he technically has three-fourths cover because... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, people are... Yeah, 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 totally. So Let's go ahead it. and... Yeah, go yeah, ahead and do, do that. Advantage. <laughs> well, Ooh. he gets a... Let's see. Um, 11. Okay. He's wearing armor, but it's damaged, but I think it's still, his AC would probably be like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it basically smashes into yeah. the, the wall behind him. And yeah, just keep on screaming and just, yeah. Gonna keep on casting until I hit him. Unless somebody stops <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Stop this. Were, were you not in the, why'd he follow this asshole? He killed, he killed all of our people. What are you even talking about? And I throw down a, a flame like at his feet. I throw one of my produced flames like this. Like, it like, could probably be like right in front of my face. Yeah, like right in front of my face. <laughs> to try and like neutralize it. But I still have the other one up in my other hand. Calm it down. We just, we don't even know where we are right now. Oh, come the fuck off. We're in the caves. Oh, excuse I know where you. we are. We're in the caves. I can oh, get you out if you don't mind me killing this guy. How about you? <laughs> First class trip out of here. How about you just, just calm yourself for a moment. Hey, kindly, kindly fuck off. Kindly see where we are at the moment. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a deep limestone cavern. If you can tell, you can look at the striations there. There's water flowing, so it should be a relatively easy trek out of this cave. But as you're looking around, because you were 100% certain that's yeah. where you were, you've yeah. been in these caves before, but as you're looking around... Nope. <laughs> these aren't the same caves. You've been in the caves beneath Tapston, but wherever you are right now isn't natural. It's constructed. This is a, a naturally built hallway, and you can see, um, sort of, now that you're looking as carefully as you can um, in the, the firelight at the, the stones along the walls, it's actually beautiful construction. This is carefully built stonework, and running along the edges of the, the hallway in a very, very thin stripe are a series of runes that arc their way all the way down um, the, the hall and into the distance. As you all are trying to, to push Tybalt back, Tamir, you see the re regent with very, very shaking hands padding at his side um, and beneath like a this large, I describe it as a belt, but it's, it's like a sash. It's like a, a series of cloth. He pulls out a package and inside there appears to be a potion and he knocks it back with like he can barely hold on to it his hand <laughs> is shaking so much that it's sloshing over the the edge and you've seen potions work before he drains the whole thing and he seems to settle a little bit but his hand still doesn't heal it doesn't resolve all of his wounds the way it should neither does his foot it seems like he gets his like his composure back and he's able to move his hand more fluidly but that didn't heal him the way it should but at the very least he seems calmer he seems more focused he seems like he's not going to snap all the way into shock uh and be mm. out of it for for the next little bit and and he looks up at you nods and looks behind you to um where tybalt is flailing on the floor and he says in a raspy deadened voice we're not in the caves and you can't get them out of here so calm down what are you gonna do kill us all 
Go back to whatever cursed place you came from. That certainly wouldn't benefit me. Use right us now. like you use it. Use everyone else around you. Calm down for a moment. I, I didn't. I didn't prepare calm emotions today. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, maybe an oversight. Yeah. <laughs> this man is the only one who can get us out of here. So if he is dead, then we are all dead. Deserves to die down here in the dark, and I can help him along on that path. Do you deserve to die down here as well? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. All gotta die somewhere. And yeah, I just keep on like, <laughs> keep on trying to fight off, pulling, going towards them. The the regent kind of holds on to your your shoulder to mirror and tries to find his his foot. feet as much. Well. Yeah, foot. his foot basically. <laughs> um, uh, and and as he does so, and and the the blood sort of rushes to his injured foot. You can see again all like any composure he'd gotten back sort of drop out of him for a moment. He is shaking um, as he puts his hand against the wall and tries to balance himself. Uh, and he looks at all of you and says, I guarantee you, without a guide, you can't get out of here. But I need your help, so come with me, and I can make sure we get to the surface again. Agreed? You can kill me then if you want, or you can at least try. But we need each other to get to the surface. Alright? It makes perfect sense. I don't know how we'll get him to come. Well, then leave him. Should we gag him? They're just fuming, fuming like, you'll let me kill you when we get to the top? Or at least let me try? I will let you try. Yeah, fair enough offer. Of course, of course, who knows what you got up your sleeve, blind bastard. And despite <laughs> the sweat sort of dripping down the regent's face, a slight smile breaks out on it. He's like, well, you'll just have to wait and find out. Thank you for watching In Betweens Episode 2. In Betweens was written by Gina Smith, starring Gina Smith, Allison Mann, Gus Ireland, Evan Falco, and Victor Mann. The music was composed, orchestrated, and recorded by Jacob Brian Smith. D&D Major was created by Gina Smith, Jacob Brian Smith, and Allison Mann. If you're interested in supporting the creators and future productions, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Or to see our Let's Plays and other projects, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Short One Gaming.